Welcome to Trial Lawyer Review, a podcast for and about trial lawyers. We will tell the stories about trial lawyers who go to battle every day in courtrooms throughout the United States for injury victims. This is about their stories and their practices. Hello, everyone. I'm Jason Lazarus, your host for Trial Lawyer Review. Thank you for tuning in today for another episode. Trial Lawyer Review is brought to you by Synergy Settlement Services. In full disclosure, I'm not a professional podcaster. Instead, my day job is Chief Executive Officer of Synergy Settlement Services. Synergy allows trial lawyers to focus on what they do best by handling the difficult issues that arise at settlement, like troublesome lien resolution issues, Medicare secondary payer compliance, government benefit preservation techniques, and complex settlement planning. Joining me today on Trial Lawyer Review is Laura Reeves. Laura is a very talented paralegal, which is a departure from our normal trial lawyer guests on this program. Laura is a thought leader in the field and is highly involved in leading paralegal organizations in her home state of Alabama, as well as nationally. She's been a paralegal with the incredibly well-respected firm of Beasley Allen for 20 years. Her team at Beasley focuses on personal injury and product liability cases. Laura works with Chris Glover, the managing attorney for the firm's Atlanta office. And I'm going to read a little bit about her. Uh, Laura is a graduate of Huntington College in Montgomery with a BA degree in international business. She obtained her AS in legal studies from Faulkner University, also in Montgomery. She holds the certified paralegal designation through NALA and earned the advanced certified paralegal designation also from NALA in the area of e-discovery. Laura is a member of the Alabama Association of Paralegals, sitting on their board of directors for five years a member of NALA, Paralegal Association, sitting on their Continuing Education Council Committee for the last three years. She's a frequent contributor to their Facts and Findings publication. She's uh, a member of AIEG, Georgia Trial Lords Association, Women in E-Discovery, and on the Paralegal Advisory Committee for the Judge Advocate General School on Maxwell Air Force Base in Montgomery, Alabama. And Laura received the 2020 Affiliate Award, which is presented by NALA for outstanding contribution and dedication to the advancement of the paralegal profession through volunteer service to affiliated associations. She also received the 2021 Paralegal of the Year Award presented by AAPI. Laura's a frequent writer and speaker on a variety of legal and paralegal topics. Her written work has been published by a variety of publications. Laura, welcome to Trial Law Review. Really glad to have you on today. Thank you for joining me. Uh, before getting into all the law stuff, I know from my research that you're passionate uh, about baseball. How come? Oh, baseball is my favorite sport. Um, it's a sport that I can really understand. It's a sport that I really get into. And uh, what helps that is that I have a son who is 15 years old and he has played baseball since he was four years old. Um, we have played league ball. He plays for his school. Um, he's in the 10th grade, so he is um, on the varsity baseball team there. And he also plays showcase ball when he's not um, playing school ball. 
uh, we've been in the travel ball circuit for several years and so now he plays um, what is typically called showcase ball and he uh, plays for a group out of uh, Verbena, Alabama called the Prospects and he plays at junior colleges and community colleges typically around the state of Mississippi um, but sometimes in Alabama just depends on, on where they're playing but I have always loved watching him obviously I mean he he's great to watch on the field he he plays uh, center field and he also pitches so uh, baseball's just always been my favorite sport I, I love it I really get into it it's a lot of fun doing the travel sports. Both my uh, daughters play travel soccer and then my son played travel lacrosse. So we were all over the place with them for a very long period of time until they all decided, hey, I don't want to do this in college. So uh, they, <laughs> they, they made the choice of, hey, I, I got to focus on studying now instead of continuing. I'm not going to be a pro athlete. So, But it's, it is fun yeah. to, to go when your kids are watching it. Uh, never been too much of a baseball fan. I uh, played baseball uh, as a youngster, and I remember getting hit by the fastest pitcher in the league, which ended my career because <laughs> I was afraid to step into the batter's box after getting hit. Uh, and ironically, I was playing ice hockey at the time, and I was fine getting on the ice, but just didn't want to get into the, the batter's circle after getting hit. So. Yeah. You know, I've never been athletic. He does not get his athleticism from from me at all. <laughs> I tried to play softball for a minute, but it, it didn't work out. <laughs> I'm not ashamed to say it, <laughs> so, but it is fun to watch. Yeah, it's great when it's your kids. So that's that yeah. makes it a little bit different. The passion is is a little bit different when it's one of your children on the field. So I get that. And it is nice to see to visit uh, different colleges that we typically wouldn't visit, and you know, see those campuses and. Um, it gives him a lot of things to think about for his future, not just colleges that are around us or that he would typically see, um, but but actually going to a different state and playing and seeing their baseball field and you know like you I don't know if he if his heart will be in it in college you know that's just that's on down the road he can decide that later but it, it is fun to visit the different colleges and get a feel for those. Well, I do think there there really is something in terms of what that provides for you later in life. I know um, for me, I was a competitive cyclist when I was younger and did a lot of traveling, actually did some racing uh, over in Europe in, in addition to racing here in the U.S. and the Southeast. And for me, that those experiences were really um, very important in forming my work ethic, my um, you know ability to focus and you know, concentrate on a goal and try and achieve those goals. And so there's a lot of different things, you know, like team sports, I think, too, are, are great because they give you the opportunity to learn to work with other people, which, you know, you're going to spend the rest of your life doing. So it's there's certainly some really great, meaningful lessons of, in addition to what you get exposed to and just by being in other parts of the country uh, as well. So what was the, the single biggest reason for you deciding upon a career that involved the law? You know, I cannot pinpoint one event that triggered uh, my wanting to go into the legal field, but I, 
I can confidently say that I knew from a very young age that I wanted to be in the legal field in some kind of capacity. I was leaning towards being an attorney. Um, I was always the kid in school who loved school. I loved learning. I still love learning. I want to know the nuts and bolts of things. I want to know the whys of things, different things. Um, and it may have had something to do with the fact that my dad was in law enforcement. And, you know, I was always fascinated with his job. Um, but there is no one event that specifically triggered it. But I can say my entire childhood, I knew that I wanted to be in the legal field. If you ever asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, I would always tell you I want to be an attorney. Um, so it's just, it was in my heart and it, it never left. It still is. So I know a little bit about the backstory, but uh, I thought it was interesting how your career took you to becoming a paralegal. Can you talk a little bit about how that came to be? Sure. Um, well, like I said, the idea was once I graduated from Huntington, um, I was going to try to go to law school and be an attorney. I chose international business with Huntington because I was fascinated with learning about different cultures, learning about different people, different ways um, of doing things that were outside of my norm, outside of my bubble that I grew up in. Um, so I really had a lot of fun getting that degree and I was leaning more towards going into international law in some capacity. Um, now, after I graduated with my bachelor's degree, I, like a lot of people, I didn't want to go directly into law school. I wanted to work a little bit. And I was also toying with the idea of going into pharmaceutical sales. Um, I talked with several pharmaceutical companies and, you know, with getting on in that area is you've got to have a lot of experience. So I, right out of college, I took a job with Danka Office Imaging and I sold copy machines. I was told by so many salespeople that if you can sell copy machines, you can sell anything. And that that was the number one area that pharmaceutical sales recruited from. So I thought, oh, it could be fun, let me, let me try this. So I worked for Danka, and I had a lot of fun with that job. I really liked the freedom of it. I liked visiting new businesses every day and learning how they operate, learning what their needs were, and seeing if there was a solution that I could offer them to do their job better. Um, I really loved the people, you know, I was exposed to so many different people in so many different industries. Um, a little fun fact, uh, I was actually trained um, in sales by Sarah Blakely, who is the founder of Spanx. Um, at the time, and I'm aging myself here, at the time she was working on the startup of Spanx, but she sold copy and fax machines, and she also was a sales trainer. So she trained me, and I had a lot of fun with her in the sales training class. She 
Um, she made me really nervous. She made me get in front of about 30 people and sit across the desk from her and try to sell her a copy machine while she acted like all of the different personalities of a customer that I would face. <laughs> so it was, it was a fun, um, fun task. It, I had a lot of fun doing that. But um, I digress a little bit. But my heart was not in sales. And I knew that I was still going back to, I want to be in the legal field. So around, you know, several months into my sales career with Danka, I learned uh, that Beasley Allen had an opening for a clerical assistant. And I thought that would be a great way to get my foot in the door with a firm and really see if I want to pursue this legal career. I had never worked in a legal, you know, a legal firm before, a lawyer's office, nothing. I had absolutely no experience. So I thought this would be a great way to work in that area for a little bit and see if it's really something I wanted to pursue. So I interviewed and I got hired on with Beasley Allen. And I worked as a clerical assistant for one attorney. I was assigned to one attorney. And I did a lot of things, you know, just whatever he and his staff needed, whether it was filing, um, answering the phone, making phone calls, um, data entry, copying. I, you know, I just did a little bit of everything, whatever they needed. And I really loved it. I found that I liked the work that they were doing. I liked the aspect of I, I mean, I really saw the help that they were offering people, and it wasn't long after that that I got promoted to legal secretary for the same attorney. Um, so I embraced that and really enjoyed it. I, you know, my love of the legal career grew, and I, at the time I had been in the insurance fraud section of our firm, um, and the attorney that I worked for at the time was transferring to a different section of our firm, he was going to work on nursing home litigation. Um, so when he went to that area of the firm, he did not have a paralegal at the time. And I approached him and the firm about stepping into that role. And they worked with me and they you know, agreed that, that I could do that. And it was about the same time that I enrolled at Faulkner University, uh, which was a local college in Montgomery, and worked on my associates in legal studies. So it, it didn't take me long to get that. And I never looked back after that. Uh, once I stepped into that paralegal role, that was I was done. Uh, I've never looked back as far as wanting to move, you know, wanting to further my career, possibly as an attorney. Um, I love where I'm at. Um, I love watching the attorneys in court. I have a lot of respect for them, and I think they're amazing, but I'm, I'm good. I'm very comfortable in more of a background role, and I just really love my career. So thank you. Because of what you do, I think there's something unique that you have to offer to trial lawyers, which is your thoughts and opinions about what's important in terms of the working relationship between 
a paralegal and managing attorney. Can you talk about a few of the important things from your perspective in terms of the working relationship between a paralegal and a trial attorney? Sure. I think the most important thing is communication. That is paramount in what we do. Um, it is so important that there is a constant open line of communication between a paralegal and an attorney because we are focusing on different aspects of a case. The attorney, you know, is responsible for the entire case um, and he's constantly got the bigger picture on his mind. Um, whereas the paralegal is doing a lot of the minutia um, with the, the clients, with the experts, with the actual files and keeping those maintained. So I think it's important that you communicate with each other in every step of what you're doing so that each one of you knows what is going on and what the other one is doing. Um, another thing is respect. Um, I, you've got to have a mutual respect of each other. Um, it's very important to me that who I work for has the same kind of passion for the career that I do and for what we are doing for our clients. Um, if I don't respect you, I'm not going to be a effective employee. Um, so it's very important that you respect one another and respect one another's work, um, how you do your work. And it's also very important to trust one another. You've got to have such a level of trust when working on these cases, a trust to do the right thing, a trust to ask questions when you don't understand something. Um, you know, just, just all over... You've got to trust each other with what you're doing. But I would say those are three of the main things, just trust, communication, and respect for the attorney-paralegal uh, relationship. Yeah, those are, those are great things for really any, any business. But I think especially as you, as you outlined when you just answered that, that those are really important things when you're working with someone uh, on on a case, and I know you know, and I've got a law practice outside of Synergy, and so I've got that same you know working relationship with my paralegal in terms of how we we go about things, and it really is great when you've got that because for me, I know I, I've got someone that I can depend on that can help me make sure that ultimately the client gets taken care of because really that's what our end goal is to make sure that that injury victim gets the best possible outcome and you know we're part of that team with what I do in my law practice and you guys are, are the lead in that team so it's really important to have that kind of working relationship. So I, I know from doing some some research to prepare for today that you've had some really um, important lawyer mentors that have been instrumental in the development of your career um, and I think that's kind of an important aspect as well, not just the working relationship, but the opportunity that a lawyer has to mentor paralegals that he or she may work with. Can you talk about three or four important things that your mentors did for you that really helped your career as a paralegal? Sure. I have been 
extremely fortunate with the people that I've worked for. Um, like you said before, I've worked at Beasley Allen for 20 years, and that says a lot. I mean, that, that really says a lot. It's an amazing place to work. Um, all of the people there are just tremendous. And in my 20 years, I've worked for two attorneys, um, one of them uh, for 10 years, and now I'm with the other one. Um, they have been amazing. It is so important to me that I'm not looked at as just a paper pusher, but that I'm instrumental in a team effort of bringing something to resolution. Um, the two attorneys that I've worked for, and even, you know, I say two attorneys, but when I go to trial, there are other attorneys that step in. So it's not just the two or the one that I'm working for at the time. You know, there's a whole team that we have to work with. Um, so really, so many people at the firm, they really take the time to sit with me and explain things if I, if I don't understand. It's very easy for me to go to my attorney and say, look, I don't, I don't understand the theory on this. Can you educate me on this? And because I want to know that stuff. I don't just want to do the paperwork. I don't just want to relay messages back and forth between clients and experts and consultants and whoever. I want to know why. I want to know what the theory is. I want to see it with my eyes. I want to look at the rules. I want to look at the law. I, I, I'm just that type of person. I, I've got to lay my hands on it. I've got to really focus on it and put my mind on it. So it's very important to me that I work for someone who appreciates that and who helps me grow. And the people that I work with have really helped me with that. Um, my attorney, he really trusts me to do a lot. He gives me the freedom that I need to do certain things. He he understands that I know what the next step is, and he trusts me with that. He trusts that I know what the next step is. Now, obviously, I don't do anything without his oversight, and and yeah, I don't do anything on my own. But um, he really, I don't have to be micromanaged, and I don't want to be micromanaged. I'm very, very independent in that. So he really gives me the freedom to work and to make mistakes and he talks me through that if I do make a mistake. He helps me understand our cases and he supports me in everything that I do and so does the firm. If there's you know any of my writing opportunities or speaking opportunities or any awards that I win, they really celebrate that and they really genuinely want to see me succeed. That is important to me, but mainly the learning experience. Um, it's important that attorneys know that your staff, your paralegal, is constantly watching you, constantly learning from you, um, and it's just important that you really take the time to understand that and to work with them and help them grow because their success is your success and your success is their success. So 
that's just extremely important. And I've been so blessed with the attorneys and the firm and the staff at the firm that I've worked with. I'm, I'm really grateful for that. So I read some things about um, in your background about your passion for helping people and your firm's motto. Uh, can you talk about what's at the heart of all that to you in terms of its importance? Because I really identified with all of that. We are very mission-based in terms of you know what our focus is, which is our focus is, is improving the lives of the catastrophically injured when we get the opportunity, whether it's through lien resolution or Medicare compliance or government benefits, all those those different things. And that's something I highlight with our team. Actually, each month when we do our all-hands meeting, we talk about a mission moment that highlights exactly the good that we do and why it's so important in this, you know, really massive opportunity we have to make a difference for people. Um, so I'm curious what that means to you. Yes, our firm motto is helping those who need it most. Um, we were founded in 1979 and have done plaintiff's civil litigation um, from that point forward. It is the main reason I do what I do is because I get so much joy out of helping other people. When someone approaches our firm, they have undoubtedly been through some kind of traumatic experience. Um, and I'm constantly taken back to this saying that I've put in my head forever that but for us, they may not have a voice. I mean, we may be their last resort. There may be, you know, they may have, have tried to get this out there so many times and nobody will listen and they just feel so defeated. And, you know, when they come to us, they're just filled with trauma and they're, they're filled with angst and they just want answers. And whether it's a case that we take or whether it's one that we're not comfortable with, um, it's very important to me that we establish a relationship with these people and that we help them understand. I want them to walk away from our firm with the understanding of everything that they're missing answers on. Um, I think it's so important that the clients are involved in the entire process and that's really where the paralegal comes in because the paralegal is going to have the most contact with the client it's, you know from day one to the initial client interview so i really try to establish that relationship early on and it's important to me that i that the client doesn't feel like just a number but that we are really taking your case seriously and you are very important to us. You know, if I'm answering discovery, it's important for me to, ex to explain why another party is asking these questions because a lot of people, you know, they don't understand the process. And so it's important for me to talk them through a lot. So, you know, on into the litigation phase, paralegals have such a 
different kind of relationship with these clients and it's just very hard not to get emotionally attached to them um, and you know it when a case comes to resolution seeing a sigh of relief on a client's face or watching them in a trial setting actually get the big picture because you know a lot of people don't understand that until they get into a, a, a courtroom setting and they watch the attorneys and they watch everything come together. Watching that and seeing a client feel like they've received justice on something, it, it is just, it's amazing. And that's why we do what we do is, you know, we want to be the voice for those people that may not have a voice. Um, so it is, it's an amazing feeling. Yeah, I try to explain that to my staff in the context of my accident because I, I was struck by a car while cycling in 2016. So I've been through a case and I got to learn firsthand about all the things you just talked about because it really is important. And there is a sigh of relief when a case resolves that I, I didn't really truly understand until... Uh, I went through it myself, even though I had seen people and seen that that reaction. It's it is hard to truly understand it unless you've been through it yourself. But you know, all the things you talked about are just so incredibly important, and I try to communicate that to our team because you know we're part of that process at when that case settles. And like you said, somebody's been through something very traumatic. If they're working with your law firm or if they're working with Synergy that means that they they've encountered something that is is pretty horrendous to to go through for anybody so it is an incredible thing that you guys do and i think there's uh, too little recognition of that you know unfortunately there's a lot of negative stuff that you hear about trial lawyers but you know when you've been injured uh, then you come to understand why you need to have uh, trial lawyers who, who are willing to go fight for an injury victim and make sure that they get the, the money that they deserve for what's happened to them because it's the only way we have in our system to take care of people. So uh, I, I really appreciated that. So I, I can tell that you love being a paralegal. You're very active in paralegal organizations and have done a lot of thought leadership in the area. Why, why is all that important to you? You know, I, I mention this a lot to when I'm speaking to students. Um, it is so beneficial to become involved in paralegal organizations. I have learned so much by joining um, our local uh, organization, which is the Alabama Association of Paralegals. Um, we call it APPY. Um, I was approached about being on the board, and I have loved being on the board. It has opened up so many opportunities for me, um, whether it's speaking opportunities, writing opportunities, um, mentoring people. I get mentored. You know, I have mentors. You know, I look up to paralegals that have been doing this. I'm constantly learning from everyone around me. So to be in a setting with people that are in my field, 
it's truly an amazing feeling because I get so much information from them and I know that I have so many people I can turn to if I have a question or if I have a problem, um, if, you know, anything in the industry that I want to talk about or have questions about, there are so many people that I can just call up or email because I've, I've got a whole organization of them. Um, I think networking in any job is very crucial and the networking aspect is, uh, I mean, you, you can't get close to it. It's just, it's amazing. Um, you learn about other firms in the area, you learn, or other firms, you learn about different areas of law that you are not in. Maybe you need to refer a client to someone else. And so you know people in that area now. Um, I am um, on a committee with NALA, the National uh, Paralegal Association. Um, I'm on their Continuing Education Council Committee, and I help them with finding speakers, with finding writers for their publication. Um, so I, I not only have my Alabama paralegals that I can turn to, but I've got a national group of paralegals that I can turn to. And I'm just, I feel very fortunate to have those contacts. I've made a lot of great friendships through these organizations. I really think it's important for firms and attorneys to realize that, that that's out there for your paralegals and it's important for them to get involved. Um, you know, it, it will help them in their job. I learned so much from the CLE opportunities that I'm offered through these organizations. Um, they're national and they're local. Um, yeah, I've actually got one in about a couple hours after this that I've got to jump on, but I'm constantly learning things from being in these organizations, whether it's in my area of law or not, and I enjoy that. Um, the law is, ever-changing we all know that so it's very good to constantly stay abreast of all these changes and so I I like being exposed to all types of education that I can so it, it's very important for um, for staff to get involved in these organizations and I, I really hope that attorneys realize that and help their staff grow with that. Well said. So a few more questions uh, before we wrap up today. So earlier I talked kind of more broadly in a question to you about your working relationship with attorneys and the, the things that are important, but I wanted to ask you if there were a top three things, a list that you would tell attorneys in terms of the nuts and bolts of effectively working with paralegals on their team in, in their day-to-day -day personal injury practices? Yes. Number one, involve your paralegal. Keep your paralegal involved. Immerse your paralegal in the cases. Let them know that you trust them, that you want them to do more, that you trust them to do more, um, that you appreciate their work. Um, 
paralegals want to, you know, like I said earlier, they want to know the nuts and bolts of the cases. They don't want to just be on the paperwork side or just making phone calls. It's important that they know you've got that trust in them to actually learn the case and to provide input and that their input really makes an impact on you. Um, I'll never forget the first time I was in a courtroom that an attorney came over to me during board hour and asked me what my thoughts were. Um, you know, let me see your notes. What do you think about these jurors? I was blown away because I always take notes during board hour and it's typically for my own use, you know, but, but this particular attorney came over to me and said, I'm interested in what you have to say about these jurors in this process. That meant so much to me because I knew that he valued my opinion. Um, so it's important that you just really involve your paralegals and, you know, whether it's, and going back to learning, help them learn, take them to hearings, let them sit in on your depositions, um, let them be on phone conferences. I, I make it a point to join in on just about every phone conference my attorney has, whether it's with experts, whether it's with clients, whether it's with other attorneys. Even though I'm in the background and I'm just listening, I'm taking notes and I'm mainly learning because I wanna know why they're doing that. Um, it's, that is just so important to me and helps me keep my case going in my own mind by really being involved and knowing what's coming next and knowing the why behind everything. Um, support your paralegals, help them grow, um, let them explore these organizations, let them get out there and get outside of their box and write an article for a publication or you know, teach a CLE, do a Zoom meeting, something, um, you know, go to a meet and greet that a local organization is having. Um, I think it's important to support that, and it, it really means a lot to paralegals, and celebrate them, celebrate their accomplishments. Um, you know, my attorney uh, nominated me um, without my knowing for... Um, Appy's 2021 Paralegal of the Year, and I won that award, and he showed up at the ceremony in, you know, he had to fly to it. It wasn't just down the road, but that meant so much to me that he even thought enough about me to nominate me for that award. So I think it's important to celebrate your paralegals, um, really celebrate their accomplishments, but the main thing is to just keep them involved and let them know that their opinions matter. That, that's, that's huge. So this next question is a bit self-serving, but I, I do always ask it uh, because there are a lot of things that come up when a personal injury case settles that can be difficult. So today, what are the things that are complicating settlements that you're involved with? Is it 
Medicare, I know that's a hot spot because we get a lot of a lot of questions from trial lawyers about language that they're seeing in releases or uh, you know Medicare Advantage liens, uh, liens in general. You know, ERISA plans can be kind of tough to deal with as well as some of the other liens. Uh, you know, government benefit preservation. What are the what are the issues that you typically are seeing today that make it more difficult when the case resolves? Well, you have hit the nail on the head, okay? The main, <laughs> the main thing when a case settles that causes some anxiety for me is going to be the whole lien resolution process. I feel like these laws change on the daily for this. Um, you know, making sure everyone is put on notice who needs to be put on notice and and I try to figure that out early on in the case. That's one of the very first questions I ask my clients. I want a copy of every insurance card that you have ever received in your life. Just send it to me, front and back. I need it. Um, so figuring out, um, do they have Medicaid, Medicare? Are they on Social Security? Um, is there going to need to be a Medicaid, uh, Medicare set-aside? Um, to protect their interests is is their insurance plan an ERISA plan there are so many things that you have to look at and then you know depending on what state you're in you've got to figure out okay does this state adhere to the made whole doctrine or the common fund doctrine um, there's so many moving parts to liens and then once you figure all that out, then you get into the actual negotiation process. And um, it takes time. So you do have to constantly educate your client on this. A lot of them don't understand that if they, you know, shut down an insurance company and they just got new insurance with somebody else and they don't let you know you find this out at the end of the case i mean there's just so much you have to stay on top of and um i would say that is the number one headache when a case settles well you, you just offered some outstanding advice because that's something i talk about during my presentation just getting copies of every card uh, insurance card that that client has has had because you know a good example today which presents a big risk for trial lawyers and their firms is a client starting out on part a and part b of medicare and then transitioning over to a part c advantage plan because these part c advantage plans have gotten very aggressive in litigating against personal injury law firms for failing to reimburse when the law firm didn't even know that there was an advantage lien because they just didn't get that information because Medicare doesn't provide it. And, you know, in our circuit, in the 11th circuit, the, the 11th circuit has said that uh, Medicare Advantage plan is entitled to double the lien amount if you fail to reimburse them. And so, you know, doing the super sleuth and trying to figure out, hey, what exactly has this client uh, received in terms of uh, health insurance coverage or what have they been covered by during the duration of the accident is so incredibly important as a first step and having that process in a, in a law firm uh, is, is incredibly important today because of what you, you just talked about. It is. And that's something, like I said, I try to tackle that early on 
um, in my initial client interview, I want to know every insurance that is applicable to their claim. And if it's if it's someone who's continually treating, um, then you know, right at the outset of the case, I will go ahead and send a letter to um, these insurance companies, letting them know that there's a potential claim. Go ahead and send me the claims listing. Um, send me your policy language. Send I want all of that so that I don't have to deal with this when the case settles and we're like, uh-oh, we have a $300,000 lien. Um, so, and plus, that helps me in other areas because when I get that claims listing in, it's going to tell me who all my clients have seen, my providers. So there may be a hospital in there that I had no idea that they went to, but now I know and I can order their medical records. So, and if it's someone who is continuing to treat, once every maybe three months, I will update that insurance information and ask them to send me an updated claims listing so that I can stay on top of what these amounts are and also so I can stay on top of who my clients are treating with because there's not a lot of times that your client is going to call you and say by the way I'm seeing a new doctor you might want to get their records so it, it really helps you in in more than one way but yes the lien resolution is an issue <laughs> Final questions. Normally I end with a question about a trial lawyer's view, but wanted to ask you about your view as a paralegal and it's open-ended. You can talk about whatever you want to take us out of today's episode. Okay, sure. Um, a paralegal, and I touched on this a little bit earlier, has a different view of things than an attorney does. Um, you know, the attorney is constantly focused on the bigger picture um, more on the nuts and bolts of things and the paralegals view is kind of just to keep the case moving um, the paralegal is going to have a lot of uh, like a completely different relationship with your clients than what you're going to have and it's just a completely different relationship but it's so important to recognize that you both complement each other and that you are a team so anything that you're working on you are a team and everything that each of you do matters so it's just important to really effectively communicate with each other and move those cases as best you can with each other I want to thank Laura for joining me today on Trial Lawyer View, and we will see everyone on the next episode. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for tuning in to Trial Lawyer View. You can find more at triallawyerview.com and look for more episodes and more content coming in the future.